This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 3 o'clock straight up, 97.3 The Fan. Sam Levitt with you. little solo Sammy for you. On a Friday, Gwen and Chris continues. I'm here at Padre Spring Training, Peoria, Arizona, live from the now famous, I think, Airbnb. My Airbnb, I don't think as famous as uh, the Ben and Woods Airbnb <laughs> situation. My Airbnb has been terrific so far. I've had very, very uh, little issue at the Airbnb so far. So apparently I am a good Airbnb picker. Ben and Woods, uh, maybe not so much. But we roll along hour number two here at Padres Spring Training, uh, live from Arizona. Again, uh, we have Tony, Chris, both maybe joining at some point here in the program. We will hear from Bob Scanlon coming up at 340. Talk to Bob about general spring training thoughts. I've seen uh, Scan out here day in, day out in Peoria. And I know Scan was also at the game in Maryvale, where I think he went over there to see a lot of the young pitchers, Ariarte, Thorpe. So we're going to talk to Scan about what he saw today, what he's liked from some of the young arms, the rotation competition, all that good stuff coming up with Bob Scanlon at 340. May mix in some of your phone calls in this hour as well, certainly uh, in the hours to come. Do want to remind you, this hour on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. All right. Uh, what else to get to before we uh, get to my interview with Kyle Higashioka, which, by the way, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, it's a really good conversation with Kyle. And we talk about his early years with the Yankees coming up around guys like Jeter and Posada and Rivera, his journey through the minor league, spent a long time in the minors, drafted in 2008, not yeah, didn't make his debut until 2017 in the big leagues. His new Padres teammates, we talk about Ethan Salas, Luis Campusano, uh, playing the guitar. He surfs. Good conversation with Kyle Higashioka. Get to it in a second. Play the whole thing for you from earlier this week. Uh, I do have bad news to pass along before we get to uh, Kyle Higashioka. Padres 0 for 2 on the day. 0 and 2 on the day. Falling in Maryvale 4 to 3 to the Brewers. Falling in Peoria 5 to 3 to the Angels. So, I don't know. Do I even go to the complex in the morning? Is it over? 
0-2 on the day. That is some spring training overreaction for you. Not a great day for the Padres in the win column, but as we know in Cactus League play, the wins are really the <laughs> the last thing that matters. So tough day in the uh, on the scoreboard for the Padres, but we'll continue to dive into what happened today in these games. Some good pitching. Quinn and Chris. Good uh, pitching today for the Padres, despite uh, the final scores. All right, we'll get more into that again, Bob Scanlon, at 340. But like I said, really, really, really interesting conversation with Kyle Higashioka earlier this week. In fact, not to toot my own horn, but I will sort of uh, just uh, advertise here, if you will. I've had some really good one-on-one conversations outside the clubhouse this spring training, whether that was with Jay Cronenworth, whether that was uh, Xander Bogarts, Kyle Higashioka, Michael King. I had a really good chat with Matt Waldron that I thought was really interesting on a number of fronts. And uh, you can find the clips. uh, uh, You can find the clips uh, throughout Twitter, Instagram. You can find the full interviews on YouTube. They've been really, really interesting. And I will say I really enjoyed this conversation in particular with Kyle Higashioka. Very interesting story. Uh, has a lot of interests, uh, really interesting players he came up with. So for the next 10 minutes or so, enjoy getting to know new Padres catcher, part of the Juan Soto deal, Kyle Higashioka. Sam Levitt here at the Padres Spring Training Complex in Peoria, Arizona. And right now I'm joined by Padres catcher Kyle Higashioka. Kyle, let's start with a date. Let's throw it back a little bit. April 10th. 2017 does that date ring a bell uh yeah my uh debut debut debut. that's right major league debut let's go back to that day what were your emotions that day you get called up you make your major league debut with the new york yankees yeah i mean just super nervous uh luckily i was only catching the ninth inning and uh we were up by five so it wasn't a huge pressure situation but um definitely definitely the moment was pretty overwhelming Kyle, you have a, a really fascinating story. I read once you likened your baseball journey to Bull Durham, a, a long journey through the minor leagues, or at least I, I read that somewhere. <laughs> um, when you think about that that journey through the minor leagues, what comes to mind now, now that you've really established yourself as a major leaguer? Uh, I mean, every experience I went through kind of has a, an impact on your um, on your development. So um, as a catcher, experience is... It's pretty, uh, it can be pretty critical, so um, I'm just thankful for all the experiences I have had and that they've, uh, you know, hopefully affected me in a positive way, and I'm here now, so. Yeah. Uh, you were drafted in 2008 when you first got to the Yankees organization. I mean, you guys ha- you had guys like Jeter, like Basada there. What was it like coming up through the Yankees system, the early days and being around guys like that? Yeah, actually, the early days were kind of tough because... You, you know, you'd walk into the major league clubhouse in spring training and you'd see all these superstars and you'd just kind of ask yourself, like, how am I ever going to get to the big leagues? Like, they don't they don't call guys up. They could just trade for all these superstars. And, yeah. <laughs> um, but actually, luckily, you know, when, when I did start playing better in the minor leagues, um, they, were, they were bringing guys up. Um, and so I got a great opportunity and, and then it, it really paid off. You talk about those days in the minor leagues, and, and like we said, it, it was a long journey for you to get to New York. W- what sort of kept you going as you're going day in, day out in the minors? I'm somebody who broadcasts in the minors, so I have a little taste of it, riding on the bus, going town to town. 
each and every day, what, what kind of kept you going, keeping that, that quote-unquote dream alive? Um, I mean, I'd say just, I mean, you're just, you're there to, to do your job. So, I mean, um, you know, at the end of the day, the, the, um, the light at the end of the tunnel is, is worth it for the grind that you have to go through in the minor leagues. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're there and you're playing for your teammates too. I mean, you, they can't have good seasons unless, you know, you, you do your job. So, um. You know, that's kind of what it's about. 16 years in the Yankees organization. You're part of the trade that came to San Diego this past offseason. What has the process been like getting to know a, a brand new organization after spending so long in New York? It's been really good. Uh, I think the transition has been pretty seamless. And yeah. the guys are great. Staff's great. Um, front office has been great to me so far. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to the season. You're a real veteran presence on this team. What do you view as your role on this team in particular in 2024? Um, I mean, you know, when, whenever I'm out there, I, I think, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do what I do. But, um, you know, away from the field or just in the dugout, um, I think it'll, you know, it'll be valuable for some of the younger guys to possibly, you know, bounce some ideas off me and right. I'll try to help with whatever advice I can give, um, especially, you know, Campy and yeah. Sully and even Salas, um, you know, they've been, they've been, you know, asking me a lot of questions and I'm trying to give them as, you know, as good of advice as possible. So I'm just hoping to help in that aspect as well. Let's talk about two of the guys you mentioned, Luis Campusano, speaking of younger players, uh, it'll be you and him that tandem behind the plate this season. What have you learned, noticed about Luis Campusano so far? Uh, incredibly hard worker. I mean, he's he's in the gym every morning and just just grinding a single day. So uh, and he cares, and that's that's what you want as a as a catcher. You want a guy that that cares about the team and winning and the pitching staff. And um, so I mean, you know, he's got all the all the right makeup and all the right tools to be a really good catcher. Let's go to somebody even younger, Ethan Salas, 17 years old. From my perspective, you watch him in the clubhouse on the field. He, he seems like he belongs right where he is here at spring training. What have your early impressions been of Ethan Salas? Really good, really good. Um, I would have never guessed he was 17 wow. based on his maturity level. I mean, when I was 17, I definitely wasn't that mature. So, <laughs> um, yeah, he, I, I think he's got a he's, he's got a pretty special skill set, and, and so you know, down the road, he's going to be pretty pretty darn good player. A couple of non-baseball things for you. I know you play the guitar, and uh, it's kind of famously almost at this point play the guitar. So <laughs> take me through the process of learning how to play guitar, and, and what are your skills like right now? Uh, I started learning when I was <laughs> probably my first year in pro ball. Okay. And uh, I bought like a $50 acoustic guitar from a pawn shop in Tampa and then just carried it with me all season. And, um, and then I switched to electric after that. Because I'm I'm more of a rock guy, okay. you know. Um, but then I so I, I learned myself for a few years, and then I took some lessons from um, this guy named Dave Nassi. He was uh, he's the lead guitarist for Kip Moore right now. Okay. So, um, but he was he was in Huntington Beach, local. So um, took lessons from him for a couple of years, and that really kind of helped take me to the next level, which still isn't good, but it's like <laughs> it's kind of where I wanted to be. Um, so yeah. But it's good enough where you have played for guys in the clubhouse before, so you must be must be pretty good. I mean, uh, 
<laughs> if I play something, you know, usually it's recognizable. Okay. <laughs> Hell's Bells. That's one of your songs, right? Yeah, yeah. Somebody here, a closer, Hall of Famer Trevor yeah. Hoffman, that was his song. Have, you haven't played it for him yet, have you? No. Okay. No. Yeah, I'm going to have to practice it before uh, before that happens. Okay. I don't want to disrespect it. Oh, that, that's fair. <laughs> On the to-do list. Another non-baseball thing. I read that you do surf, or at least you, you surfed growing up. What is your surfing experience like? Because San Diego, California, pretty good place to surf. Yeah. Um, I actually started surfing after I started playing pro ball as okay. well. Um, so that was, that was fun. I mean, me and my buddies... I had a couple other buddies in pro ball at the time that were we were training with, and we used to surf like pretty much every single day. There was a rideable wave. Wow! Um, so it was it was actually really good, really good cardio and um, good for the shoulders. But it, I mean, again, I'm not I'm not good at surfing. It's just <laughs> it was really fun. Okay, so he's humble when it comes to surfing and the guitar. Don't be humble about baseball. I mean, this is a <laughs> This is a pretty exclusive club, Major League Baseball players. It is interesting, though, as you're talking to me about surfing and guitar playing, these are things you picked up after you started playing pro ball. So what got you interested in, in maybe picking up hobbies that weren't baseball? Um, I think they were just stuff that I was interested in going through school, like as a kid, but never had time to do it because school and baseball is a is a big undertaking um you know parents made sure i got good grades so i was always kind of grinding burning both ends of the candle every night right uh, you know with homework and baseball and so never really had time for hobbies so once i got into pro ball it was like i only have to focus on baseball now there you so go. uh i got plenty of time for for new hobbies let's finish up with something baseball related because as a, a veteran catcher I, I can't even imagine how many guys You've caught a baseball from from the mound. Uh, who, and, and maybe let's go outside, a Musgrove, a Darvish, a King, who out of guys you've caught this spring has really impressed you? Maybe uh, names that Padres fans wouldn't even be as familiar with. Um, there's a young kid, Iriarte, yeah. I was really impressed with. And, um, you know, I, I think everybody's been really impressed with uh, Brito and Vasquez yeah. as well. Um, I mean, I have a history with them, but... Right, right. Um, you know, I, last time I caught Waldron in the game, he was really good. Okay. And um, so, I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of good arms here, and, and I'm pretty confident going into this season. You mentioned Waldron. How much experience do you have catching the knuckleball? Not much, but luckily last game I didn't miss any, so okay. it was, it was All good. Right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, Kyle, great having you here. It's been a lot of fun uh, meeting you and Michael King and Randy and Johnny and all these former Yankees. A lot of former Yankees now yeah. uh, here in San Diego. Best of luck with everything this season, and I'm sure I'll talk to you as uh, the season goes along. All right. Thanks, Sam. Was uh, Kyle Higashioka, new Padres catcher. Big thank you to Kyle again for taking some time with me earlier this week. Really, really good stuff. We've had a number of really good one-on-one -on -one interviews. Michael King, Kyle Higashioka, Xander Bogarts, Jake Cronenworth, Matt Waldron. My plan is to continue to uh, to do those throughout the next couple of weeks and hopefully get one with Manny, one with Fernando Tatis Jr., focus on a few different topics. So uh, good stuff there, and hopefully you enjoyed getting to know Kyle Higashioka a little bit better. Really interesting story, right? Somebody who it took a really long time to make his major league debut at sort of that prototypical uh, 
you know, long minor league journey. Uh, you heard during the interview uh, me, me uh, mention that uh, Kyle Higashioka once said his favorite movie is Bull Durham and kind of likened his life to Bull Durham uh, in the minor leagues. So a uh, long road to get here, very nice uh, career with the Yankees, and now a San Diego Padre and somebody who should play quite a bit, somebody obviously who uh, will be that tandem with Kyle Higashi, uh, with, uh, excuse me, Luis Camposano, and uh, hopefully a good influence on uh, Camposano, Ethan Salas, all the, the younger catchers on this roster that uh, are in all likelihood going to play a really big role for the Padres for years to come. All right. Coming up, as we roll along here on Gwyn and Chris on this Friday, a little Sammy Solo edition, at least for the first half here, and we'll see Tony and Chris may join a little bit later on. When we come back, we'll hit a couple of stories from around Major League Baseball. We'll get to those quickly at 3.40. Bob Scanlon will join. He'll talk about what he saw today at the game in Maryvale, some of the young pitchers that threw for the Padres today, his general thoughts about spring training. The Padres now under two weeks from leaving for Korea, so we'll talk with Bob Scanlon. And then at the very top of the hour at 4 p.m., we'll see what we do. Maybe play some more interviews. Uh, we'll, uh, who knows, maybe we'll uh, take some of your phone calls, so we'll figure it out on the fly here as we go along this Friday program of Gwyn and Chris. We'll be back after this, but first, let's get some traffic. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 322 on the fan. Sam Levitt with you here from Peoria, Arizona. Filling in for Gwyn and Chris. Little solo Sammy for you on a uh, Friday afternoon. All right, where is my echo coming from? Right there. Have my laptop volume on. We don't need the YouTube <laughs> coming through the laptop. Anyway, Sam Levitt with you here from Peoria, Arizona. Padres spring training. Little fill-in on Gwyn and Chris today. Uh, may hear from Tony later in the program. May hear from Chris later in the program as well. Matt Scraby under the weather. Everybody send their well wishes to Scraby. Not feeling well. Sounds like he's got a little flu situation going on. So, Scraby, hope you're feeling better. I think you owe me 
What does Scraby owe me today for my solo Sammy edition of his program? Um, A steak dinner, maybe? Maybe Adam Klug has something he can think of. A steak dinner? Maybe a nice trip to Texas Roadhouse sometime? There's a new Texas Roadhouse in the San Diego area, I read. Maybe something like that. I don't think Scraby and I have ever enjoyed a dinner together. So maybe Scraby and I will go out to dinner and he'll buy me a steak. Maybe that's uh, that's how we'll get even. I'm just joking, Scraby. Hope you feel uh, hope you feel better. If there's one thing I know about Matt Scraby, he truly, truly uh, did feel bad for for. I don't want to say putting me in this position today because I'm fine. We're having a nice show. We're rolling along. We're talking Padres. But this was a uh, how do I say this was kind of like a, a two hour notice. Uh, situation today where uh, had to roll solo, but we're making it work. We got a lot of moving parts. I'm in here in Peoria. My goodness, I've got enough to talk about, enough uh, content to give you. So all good. We got a lot coming up here in this hour. We'll talk to Bob Scanlon coming up at 3:40. We'll get Scan's thoughts on the Padres on spring training. I, th- I get to see Scan every morning here in Peoria, and uh, we'll catch up with Scan. He was at the game in Maryvale today, and if you are just joining us. Uh, Padres lost both games today at spring training in the Cactus League. Not a good day. They lost to the Angels at home. They lost to the Brewers on the road, and the sky is falling. Just kidding. It is not falling. No big deal with the spring training results, but plenty to take away from the spring training games. And, again, we'll talk to Bob Scanlon about that coming up at 3.40. Top of the hour at 4 o'clock, I think we're going to do a little Sammy versus the fans. No Chris versus the fans today, but Sammy versus the fans. We'll do that. May take some of your phone calls in the 4 o'clock hour as well. Continue to uh, give you some content from Padre Spring Training and all that good stuff coming your way. All right, as uh, we have a few minutes here, let's touch on a couple of Major League Baseball headlines from today. And let's not start with anything on the field. Let's start with everybody's favorite topic here at spring training this year, and that is the uniforms, the jerseys. Reading this from NBC Sports, from the AP, in fact. Reading it. Baseball Players Association head Tony Clark is hopeful 2024 uniforms will soon be altered following complaints by his members. The uniforms, designed by Nike and manufactured by Fanatics, have been criticized by players for pants that are somewhat see-through and for lettering, sleeve, emblems, and numbering that are less bulky and apparently smaller. And I will tell you, this is me talking now, I will tell you, the names are an issue. It is a real issue. I'm telling you, I'm sitting in the second deck of Cactus League stadiums. I'm not that far away. You can barely see what the name is on the back of the jersey. It is a major issue. It's not good. It looks bad. It's not good marketing of your players. I don't get it. I don't know who decided that. I don't know why you would do that, but it looks it looks bad. It looks really bad. Back to the article. Quote, and this is Tony Clark talking, you just don't expect to have conversations about uniforms. And so having them, I'm hopeful, and this goes back to what we suggested before, in picking up the phone and talking to all the folks involved, having some appreciation for folks paying attention to it now, perhaps more so than they were before spring started yet. That was uh, confusing to read that quote, but I guess the first part is what you want to hear. You don't have to, uh, you just don't expect to have conversations about uniforms. So 
Uh, let's see. Is there anything else here on this? So it's essentially the takeaway, at least from this article, is that uh, apparently they're going to try to uh, uh, to uh, make the alterations necessary. Now, I did see this via The Athletic. This was posted four hours ago, not to get too far into uniform gate. But uh, Michael Rubin, the CEO of Fanatics, did comment to The Athletic. Or he did, um, I should say, this was at the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference in Massachusetts. Well, let me read it here. The manufacturer of the Major League Baseball uniforms unveiled this spring. Fanatics has been widely panned in recent weeks, in part because player pants are too see-through. Michael Rubin, the company's CEO, said Friday that Fanatics is taking undue heat as fans and players individually and as the MLBPA, that's the Players Association, have criticized the Nike design uniforms. Quote, we've purely been doing exactly as we're told. We've been told we've done everything exactly right. And we're getting um, the bleep kicked out of ourselves every day right now. That's Michael Rubin talking. He said, quote, that's not fun. Normally when I get beat up, it's because I actually did something wrong. Well, that doesn't sound like he agrees there's a problem. Um, Why is it? Let me say this. Why is it with baseball that we're constantly having discussions about things that are not the game? Right. Like think about spring training the last handful of years. The lockout last year it was the rules, which was a little bit different because that was baseball related. But it was new. It was a big topic. And this year, it's two main topics outside of the game. It's uniforms and it's free agents. All these guys that haven't signed yet. So I read one article here from the AP posted today where, where apparently they're they're making alterations. They're, they're hoping the MLBPA is that they're making alterations. <laughs> and we read that quote from, uh, from Michael Rubin. You know what I would love? Whether it's the league... Or fanatics, or Nike, to just say, "Hey, whatever it is, it's not working for the players, and they're not happy with it, and we need to adjust it. And whatever's wrong, we will fix it to make it better for both the fans and the players. This should not be a battle. It should not be controversial. It should be easy. This seems like something that should be easy. And if you need to fix it." You fix it. If the pants are see-through, you find a way to fix it. This is Major League Baseball. This is a billion upon billion dollar industry. This is silly. It's just silly. Should not be this hard. And I wish, whether it's the league or fanatics, Michael Rubin, come out and say, all right, well, we thought they were okay. They're not, apparently. And we got to fix it. And we're going to find a way to fix it. Why? That's not hard. So, anyway, that's on the uniforms. An ongoing situation. Um, What else here to get to as far as headlines? We uh, saw earlier this week, Kike Hernandez is back to the Dodgers on a one-year deal, $4 million. That was after the Manuel Margot trade. He went to the Twins. That cleared a roster spot for Kike Hernandez. Back to the Dodgers, place he knows well. Uh, he went on the uh, Foul Territory YouTube show and podcast. I think this was yesterday. And, uh, I'll say what he said here. He said, quote, I'm not going to say the C word, but I think the C word needs a capital C. He's referring to the word 
collusion. Um, the timing of the calls was very similar. He's talking about the teams. He said, quote, the numbers were pretty much the same throughout. Hernandez continued to say, I think the teams are using these computer systems to project numbers, project salaries. They're all using the same one, and I think they all have the same password. So that's how free agency is going, and it's not just me. Uh, Hernandez continued, there are still a lot of really good quality baseball players, big leaguers that are more than capable of being everyday guys on a lot of teams. And the fact that they're still out there, it's a shame. It was a very weird offseason, and, and it still is for some guys. It doesn't seem like things are picking up either for some of those guys, which is shameful. All right, um, look, I don't know that I would go as far to, to use that, that, that C word that he's talking about, which is collusion. Um, but I will say this. It's been a very odd offseason. It really has. And... It's strange, it's odd, it's unfortunate that guys like Snell and Jordan Montgomery and still Matt Chapman and before a few days uh, days ago, Cody Bellinger are out there unsigned here on March 1st. It's hard to believe, and I don't think it's good for the sport. Um, it takes a lot of the buzz out of free agency. This slog of signings in this drip, 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 drip of signings. It's just, it's not fun. I mean, at this point, we should be focusing on spring training and not where multiple and some of the biggest free agents of the offseason on where they're going. Um, you know, look, there's clearly a few reasons for, for what's happened here. You have some teams that have spent in the past, including the Padres, that are not spending that way right now. The Mets, the Rangers, the TV situations, are so uncertain for a lot of teams right now. That plays into it. But it has been odd to see somebody like Kike Hernandez, who hasn't had a couple of great years, but to see him get signed so late, it is odd. To see um, somebody even like Tommy Pham um, struggle to find a, a deal, find a home, is odd. Been a weird off season. And I think it's a mix of uncertainty with the TV revenue. It's a mix of teams not being willing to spend a number of them like they have in years past. And I think a lot of teams looking at younger options and saying they'd rather do, do that than spend money on one-year deals for older players. It just is what it is. So it's been an odd off season. You can look at it whatever way you want. I don't think it's good for the game the way this offseason has transpired. I really don't. I really don't. And I understand we may hear from John Heyman a little bit uh, later. We'll get to that a little bit later in the show. But it's been odd, and it hasn't been fun. I, I, you know, I don't know that the Players Association would ever agree to a deadline for free agency or a signing period for free agency. But all I know is this doesn't work the way it's transpiring. It's not fun. It's not good for the fans. It's not good for the teams. It's not good for the players. Who is it good for? Maybe Scott Boris, if he can ultimately get the money he wants. Tell you what, he didn't get it with Cody Bellinger. It's a good deal for Bellinger, good deal for the Cubs, but they were looking for way more money and way more years than what he ultimately got. And ultimately, Bellinger did not get the long-term big, big money deal. He didn't. So, look, it's going to be very interesting for Scott Boris to see what happens with these three guys, Chapman and J.D. Martinez, two, four guys, Martinez, Chapman, uh, Snell, and Montgomery, to see what kind of deals they get. And if those guys have to sort of settle for more of a deal like Cody Bellinger signed, 
a lot of factors, I think, play into it, but I don't like it. I don't like the way it's all played out. All right, when we come back, Bob Scanlon, Padres, TV broadcaster, will join me talk about what he saw at one of the games today in Maryvale, the young pitchers, general Padres spring training thoughts, and we continue on. Sammy Solo with you from spring training here in Peoria, Arizona. More to come after this on 97.3 The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. 41 here on 97.3 The Fan. Sam Levitt with you from Padres Spring Training in Peoria, Arizona. Filling in for Tony and Chris. Might hear from Tony and or Chris coming up later in the program. Matt Scraby a little bit under the weather, so you're rolling with me on this Friday afternoon. This segment of Gwyn and Chris is presented by Spiro's Mediterranean Cuisine. If you love Mediterranean food, try Spiro's for authentic Mediterranean cuisine in Coronado or La Jolla for dining or take out options visit spiroscuisine.com and i do love mediterranean food absolutely delicious spiros is we'll talk to bob scanlon in a moment first some traffic little last minute fill in today so i'm calling in the tall right hander from the bullpen we're joined right now by padres broadcaster bob scanlon with me here in arizona he went to maryvale to check out one of the split squad games today mr scanlon Good to talk to you. How is your day going in Arizona? Great to talk with you as well, Sam. I guess the Gwen and Chris show is now the Sam and Scan show. So uh, <laughs> how's the pinch hitting going for you today? It's going well. The pinch hitting's going well. And, yes, I'm going to pitch that to Adam, the Sam and Scan show. Scan, <laughs> I like it. Uh, okay, so, Scan, you went down to the split squad uh, in Maryvale. I stayed in Peoria. So I, I want to start with, uh, the game in Maryvale because a lot of young, talented arms pitched for the Padres, and I'm sure that's part of the reason you went. You wanted to see those exciting young arms. So let's start with Jairo Iriarte, very highly touted right-hander, two innings today, unearned run given up, struck out one, walked one, has been good in the Cactus League for the most part. I've watched some live BPs with you on the backfields, Iriarte. The sh- stuff looks really sharp. What have your impressions been of this very talented, hard-throwing right-hander, Jairo Ariarte? Yeah, Sam, you know me too well. I'm always chasing that pitching around the desert, aren't I? Yeah, and today was no exception. <laughs> so uh, it was fun. It was fun to go out there, and he was one of the primary reasons that I wanted to head out to Maryvale today. He's been so electric in his live BPs and just watching him, and I hadn't really seen him face the live hitters very much. I shouldn't say live hitters, but in-game hitters. Uh, so, you know, quite frankly, I don't think he had his best stuff today. We've seen his fastball more explosive and a better velo. But even without his best stuff today, he got through the two innings, as you mentioned. 
Um, so it was encouraging for me because that's what you want to see. How do we guys perform when they're not at their best? And, you know, he battled. He used his fastball on both sides of the plate. I like the changeup. I like the slider. Uh, I think this is a, a young guy that we could see before the year is over. And in, in either the bullpen or the starting rotation, I think the Padres, understandably, are doing all they can to try to stretch him out and keep him as a starting option, which right. totally makes sense because you can always back a guy off. Um, and, and he's got the stuff to maintain. So that, that was the one thing I was kind of curious about as well. How much higher does his stuff play coming out of the bullpen versus a starter? And as a starter, can he maintain it over multiple innings? And from everything I've heard, he's still, you know, 94, 96 after, you know, five or six innings. So the stuff maintains. And that's the question of the command, uh, you know, as, as the pitch count goes higher in the, in the ball games, which I just haven't had a chance to see yet. But as far as the stuff right. goes, uh, it's electric. And it, it was it's fun to watch, and it was nice to see him uh, put up a couple of solid innings today without the best fastball. Let's run down the box score here a little bit. Drew Thorpe followed Jairo Iriarte, two scoreless innings. He struck out four, allowed one hit, no walks. I read a tweet you, you sent out, Scan. Uh, you said, Thorpe with a scoreless frame and two punch outs on his Bugs Bunny changeup. That pitch is sick. So, Bob, tell me more <laughs> about the changeup. Well, we we knew when the trade was made for Juan Soto that Thorpe was a key part of it, and we knew the changeup was really good. What has stood out to you now watching that changeup for a couple of weeks in person? <laughs> well, what stood out is it's unhittable pretty much. I mean, yeah. Sam, it's not often, and I don't know if you saw my follow-up tweet after that, but I was literally laughing in the stands today, which doesn't happen very often when I'm watching guys just swinging and missing at this pitch, and that's how good that changeup was today. Um, he had all four strikeouts came on the changeup. It, w- it were situations where the batter saw multiple changeups, sometimes back-to-back changeups. And what I really love today is, well, I mean, there are multiple things, but I mean, Thorpe for me was, that was the most exciting part of the day, not just because of the changeup, but he used it effectively, not only against the left-handers, but the right-handers were flailing at it just as much. So this is a pitch that plays the righties and lefties. And, and one of the reasons is because, his changeup is unique, and if you just look at it from an analytic standpoint, there would probably be some people that say, well, this isn't really that good a pitch. It doesn't have a lot of vertical drop on it, which is what you normally like to see out of changeups, right? We see guys swinging over the top of it, so to speak. Um, but his just – it looks so much like his fastball coming in, even though it doesn't have a whole lot of drop. That's one of the things that actually seems to still be fooling hitters is they – even if they pick up the speed, they think it's going to drop, and then it just hangs on, and it'll catch the bottom part of the strike zone. So it is identical coming out of his hand, rotation-wise, arm speed-wise, tunneling-wise. And guys, despite the fact that it doesn't have a whole lot of, of vertical action on the end of it, still just swing and miss at it. They just flail at it to the point where he can throw it multiple times in a row, and guys still don't adjust. They just don't pick it up. So that that, that alone, that's what had me laughing in the stand today. But the other part of it was he's not a one-trick pony. It's not as though, okay, well, you can just sit on that changeup and guys are going to catch up to it. No, he's got 92-93 on the fastball, which obviously plays higher coming off the changeup. But even more importantly, that was really impressive today was his command. He was starting guys off with the curveball. I mean, maybe his second or third best pitch, right, but just dropping it in for a strike. Then he's putting fastballs on both sides of the plate. He also showed a nice cutter today, which he's able to put on the hands of the left-handers. It all set, you know, all set the stage for that changer to be even more effective and vice versa. So it was just a really fun day watching this young man work out there. And it's the kind of stuff also, Sam, where you look at it and you say, okay, well, you know, some guys have stuff that plays at a lower level, but at the higher levels, 
guys are going to catch up. They're not going to be fooled. Look, if you're locating like that, change-ups play at every level. Uh, if you've got a good change-up, it can, it can ride you all the way to the big leagues, and this kid was really impressive today. Excellent breakdown scan and, and good to hear because we knew about Drew Thorpe coming into spring training. The numbers last year in his first pro season in the Yankee system were awesome and he's showing the stuff now at spring training. Again, we're joined by Bob Scanlon, Padres TV broadcaster right now on today's edition of Gwyn and Chris here on 97.3 The Fan. Scan, let's stay with that game in Maryvale today. Focus on a couple of players. Let's begin with Jackson Merrill. Had a base mm-hmm. hit today. He was back in center field for a third consecutive start in the field. Playing center field, a place <laughs> that he, that he's never played before as of a handful of days ago. Um, let's just go big picture on Merrill so far these first couple of weeks. What are you seeing at the plate? What are you seeing in the outfield? How do you frame what Jackson Merrill is doing in the context of, of this opportunity he's being given? Well, you, you pointed it out. It is interesting how we see him in center field three days in a row, right? I mean, that's, that's right. not by accident. Um, and we'd heard talk of him possibly getting a chance to play some center field. He worked out there uh, during the offseason a little bit, and certainly in spring training, most of his early reps were in center, even though uh, the early games were in left. And when I say left field, this is the toughest left field and I think all the professional baseball to play a Peoria sports complex on a day game. I've seen more veteran outfielders lose balls in the sky out there. Uh, it's one of the worst. So for him to handle it so far, the way he did, I, I was like, Hey, kudos to you, man, Jack, you're killing it out there just by not losing a ball in the sun. So he's handled himself really well. Now he's been in center field the last three days and you're wondering, okay, well, how are the routes out there? And they've been pristine. He's getting great first jumps. He's taking good routes. Today he had a ball that he had to run down at the base of the wall, did a great job with it. It wasn't the flip-flopping back and forth, right, of a guy unsure of himself. He's just a great athlete, and he's put some work in out there, and you can just tell he's not uncomfortable in the outfield. He's got the physical skills to do it. He has the arm to be able to do it. And to your point, not only was it a third day in a row of of being in center field, which means, okay, they're taking a serious look to see how this plays, um, but also – Jacob Marcy, who really is a center fielder and the guy that I think coming into spring training, if you had asked the front office, well, between Merrill and and Marcy, which one would you probably see in center field more likely? It would have been Jacob Marcy. He was in left field today. So that was an interesting experiment as well to see how those two interacted. Now, there was one ball that went to the gap and they sort of miscommunication and on the ground it got by him for extra bases. Um, But other than that, they both did a fine job. And Jackson Merrill, for me, has, has been great in the outfield it's been fun to watch and if i can transition to the hitting side of it real quickly he had a base hit today it was a two out a two strike hit imagine that this kid has such a great two strike <laughs> approach but he actually had another at bat today which ended up being an out he'll just be in the scorebook as a ground out but he fell behind the count zero and two and he worked it to three and two and he did it by fouling off six i think at least six pitches some of them really well located fastballs in on the hand they tried the backdoor breaking ball they tried elevating the fastball, and all of them, he was able to get a piece of and just work, work, work. And I think, to me, that was, even though it ended up being an out, it was just a clinic on a two-strike approach, being able to foul pitches off. It turned into a productive out, forcing the opposing pitcher to throw 10 or 11 pitches of some pretty nasty ones, too. Uh, and it's just, I think, symbolizes what type of a hitter this young kid is, right? He is a hitter right. first. Eventually, the power is going to show up. He prides himself on his approach to the plate. He prides himself on his eye. He prides himself on being able to work counts like I just described. Um, and, again, those are the type of things that, that hopefully play at every level. 
uh, and the way he's going right now, Sam, I, I don't think you would disagree. He's a guy that is making a serious bid to break uh, break camp with this ball club. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you, Scan. Again, we're joined by Bob Scanlon, Padres TV broadcaster, here on Gwyn and Chris 97.3, The Fan. Scan, let's finish up with this. No secret, the final two rotation spots. A lot of guys in the mix. Randy Vasquez today, he's in the mix. Three innings, one earned run given up today. The other names, you know, Avila and Waldron and Brito and maybe some other guys, too. The other day, uh, uh, Mike Schilt was asked uh, who's in that mix, and he said who isn't, right? So there are a lot of names. Uh, it, there are a lot of names in the mix. Scan just generally finishing up here, at least at this point, two and a half weeks in, under two weeks to go until this team leaves for Korea. How do you view this group right now competing for those two spots? I think it's still a free-for-all, really, because no yeah. one has pitched. I, I don't want to say anyone's grabbed it, right? But at the same time, nobody has given it away. I mean, everyone has really pitched well and kept themselves in the hunt, which is a nice thing. Um, to take a guy like Matt Waldron, for example, I think he's come into camp looking so much more advanced than what we saw at the end of last season. He's confident with that knuckleball. It's dancing all over the place. He's using it early in the counts now as well, not just late. But even more importantly, his fastball and slider command have also gotten better to go with it. So it, you, you look at all of these guys, and you just feel like they've all got a shot. I loved watching Johnny Brito throw. What a, what a clean delivery. And just gets right. at both sides of the plate every single time that he wants to. So I, I think the battle is on. Uh, and I think it's so far it's all because everyone's pitching well, not because everyone's pitching poorly and like, oh, okay, which of these tough options do right. we need to go with? And hopefully it stays that way till the end because if it does, not only do they have the option, they can't go wrong with picking whoever they pick to be in the top two, but one of those or two of those guys go to the bullpen. That gives you additional depth there. And no matter who, who starts it, Sam, I think, you know, let me know if you disagree, but I think at some point all of these guys will probably get a chance to get some starts. Yeah. Um, you know, just because of the rotating guys through the innings, issues that might come up with certain guys so it's good that the Padres have that kind of depth and I think they're going to be using it throughout the season yeah great point absolutely the uh, the innings part of it may play a, a really big role scan appreciate the time my friend thank you for doing this I will see you tomorrow morning thanks so much great job pinch shooting Sam thanks for having me on <laughs> all right that is Bob Scanlon joining us uh, from here in Arizona I'm here in Arizona too we are done with two hours little solo Sammy for you on a Friday. Gwen and Chris, when we come back, Sammy versus the fans. Maybe some of your phone calls, Padres thoughts coming up. You're listening to San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 